Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports does a great job covering all things college football because we know it's getting hot and heavy right now during the fall camp side of things. And Brandon, appreciate you joining us, man. Hope you had a great summer. How you doing this afternoon? Doing well, man. How about you? Doing well, and obviously uh, we're excited about college football, and one of the things that we were talking about was the whole Big Ten media rights and signing on with uh, doing CBS, NBC, and Fox instead of having ESPN. I mean, this this is just crazy where we're talking about things that change in conferences, things that change with teams and coaches, and even television broadcasting rights are ever-changing at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, um, we're moving to – uh, not necessarily an era, but, you know, the Big Ten's approach right now is, you know, listen, let's try to be the NFL when it comes to our media rights. Let's be on as many of the primary networks, the national over-the-air networks, as we can. Instead of just being cable or streaming, where, you know, the SEC, as powerful as it is, it's on ESPN, and those games are spread out among ESPN, SEC, soon ABC, ESPN Plus, the streaming. Now the Big Ten has set itself up where all day on Saturdays, you're going to find them on the primary networks. You're going to start in Fox in the morning, NBC at night, and in the afternoon will be the CBS. All prime spots. The prime spots on those national networks, over-the-air networks, not cable, will all be Big Ten. And so they're kind of taking that NFL approach. Um, whereas at the SEC, and for that matter, the ACC have gone all in with ESPN. And, uh, you know, uh, the Big Ten for its part certainly looks like that's going to work out for them because it appears they're going to end up making more money than the SEC with its TV rights deals. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all develops over this next calendar year or so. Everything seems to be moving towards streaming at some point. So with this deal, is the Big Ten not going to do any streaming at all? No, it's possible they do some streaming. In fact, as expected, uh, based off the numbers I've been looking at and researching, there's probably about nine to ten games every year with the Big Ten and football conference games. They'll have the opportunity to be part of some streaming deal. Amazon and Apple are said to still be interested in that potentially, but also NBC and CBS with two other networks outside of Fox that are looking at all this, they may be interested in buying that type of package themselves, and in doing so would put those games on say those third and fourth tier games on Paramount Plus or Peacock. It sounds like NBC's a little bit more interested in doing that. And you say that we're moving more and more towards streaming. There's not really a belief of that with the Big Ten or the NFL. And the NFL's got, a, what, a decade-long deal coming up right now. The Big Ten is about to sign a seven-year to ten-year deal with all these networks. Um, certainly, you can get all this via streaming, but the idea that we're going to see, you know, a major conference decide, hey, our Tier 1 games, our Tier 2 games are going to be streaming only, uh, that just doesn't appear to be the thing to do because still – Cable, television, and TV steers the boat. They're the ones willing to pay the money because live programming on television, linear television, still draws eyes. Live events draw eyes. 
not so much scripted, but when you have live events, people go around the TV still and watch those games. They go to bars and watch those games on television. And, uh, you know, these companies, these sports leagues, I should say, don't see that changing anytime soon. Well, Brandon, I thought it was interesting with the Big Ten, too, and mentioning NBC because forever, at least from when I can ever think about college football being on NBC, it's always been Notre Dame. And some people may have thought of like, hey, maybe that's a way of getting Notre Dame to the Big Ten or maybe figuring out some sort of partnership. Do you see it as any sort of progress in making Notre Dame a permanent member of the Big Ten with that NBC connection, or is it just going to be a completely separate thing? Yeah, I don't know if that this, this helps with it, but, you know, it certainly builds up NBC in the college football market. Now they've got an opportunity to package Notre Dame and the Big Ten on their network anyway. So you might have the Big Ten on the after in, in the prime time, and their afternoon game is going to be Notre Dame. So from 2.30 Central time until 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night, every Saturday, you're going to have Notre Dame football and a second tier, the second biggest game in the Big Ten that week, which is still going to be pretty good. So NBC is getting a pretty good deal here, all things considered. Um, as it, one, works on a separate deal with the Notre Dame and, of course, a separate deal with the Big Ten. At some point, obviously, those could be, you know, swallowed together if Notre Dame were to choose to join the Big Ten. But as of right now, I'm not hearing anything about that uh, becoming any closer to a reality. Now, money can always change everything. Every conference is trying to get their TV rights lined up. But the deal with Big Ten and ESPN, did it fall apart more so because of competing against SEC, ACC windows and the type of games that they would be able to get at those times? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's part of it. But also ESPN was looking at the potential of maybe that second-tier Big Ten game that they're kind of bidding on being maybe a primetime game instead of it being in the afternoon, which would have gone up against uh, what they've already got situated with the SEC. They would have found a way to do it. It's just that it would have – it's not as much money they seem to be willing to separate with considering that the money that is similar if they're given the SEC is for the top games that week, whereas with this, they'll be second. So that – and listen – the battle lines have been drawn. I mean, the SEC is ESPN. ESPN is the SEC. And the Big Ten is Fox, and Fox is the Big Ten. I mean, the SEC has a controlling stake in – or excuse me, ESPN has a controlling stake in the SEC network. Fox has the controlling stake in the Big Ten network with 61% of, the, uh, of, the, of that stake. So it's very clear – where where this was all going really from the get-go. But now we're in a, in a part where uh, the Big Ten, with Fox sitting in the room tight away in all these negotiations, they're able to farm out their second, third, and fourth-tier rights to go get more money than, say, if they were to try and sell it all to the Big Ten like the SEC did with ESPN. Um, and we'll see if that ends up working here in the future. You know, a reader brought up an interesting point to me earlier today that the SEC deal with ESPN that they just signed back in late 2020 will expire, it looks like, in 2030. 
the Big Ten deal that they're apparently going to be signing with Fox and these other networks is going to end in 2030 as well. So are we moving toward a situation where if no ACC teams leave the ACC because of their big grant of rights that go through 2036, that say in 2029, 2030, that we're sitting here and having a similar discussion about the ACC and thinking, oh, now they only have six years or five years left of my grant of rights. Is it much easier to get out of it and go join the SEC or join the ACC? I'm looking down the road now and thinking, of course, realignment's not done as it stands right now, but we might face another huge change with the face of college football and college sports when these massive TV deals are set to expire in 2030. Yeah, that's fascinating. I didn't even think about that. And it's and we know that over the next few years, uh, there's going to be changing where teams start joining conferences officially. You start seeing the schedules play out and everything. And I feel like we've also talked to you about this too, Brandon, but it just certainly seems like in 2030, if we even get to that point, I mean, you could see college football and college sports as we know it as a completely different thing than what we're used to just with the way that this is moving. And it's just incredible how, you know, it all comes down to money. It all comes down to that's what people, you know, want to make the most of. But, you know, I look at 2030 as almost like 100 years from now because it seems like so many things change year to year, day by day, month to month in this type of sport. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing, though. It's not really all that far away. Because I, I sit here and think about, man, that is far away. But eight years ago, it was 2014. And what was I doing in 2014? I was covering this. I was doing that. It wasn't that long ago. And the, the, the talk of TV contracts expiring, it all, they always start doing the talk about those about two years ahead of time or even three years ahead of time. So we're not that far off. We're, we're like a presidential cycle away from this talk heating up once again. Um, it's going to be fascinating because at that point we might be in a space where, okay, the Big Ten stayed at 16 teams, the SEC stayed at 16 teams, but we went, we went through a couple of years of it now. In 2027, at that point, or 2028, they're sitting there, okay, this is working, but we could use a, a few more teams. Or maybe the Big Ten and the SEC, we should work more, more closely together and do our own thing together. Let's go pitch something to a TV network. And then the ACC teams could start figuring things out there. Just because something is eight years away, the talk and the moves start happening probably about five years or, or six years, um, you know, down the road instead of, say, 2030. It's probably going to start in 2027, 2028. There are several things that could be different within the next few years because of movement around and uh, everything going on in college football. And we're talking about 2030. The big question is, is Nick Saban still going to be coaching then? <laughs> because every time – we try to feel like he's going to be done the next few years. He keeps extending on, and and then he's telling everybody that he's not going anywhere. Yeah, you know, I think he'll only leave when he feels like he's ready um, and ready to call it quits. And I'm not so sure that he would do a uh, Coach K type of send-off where it's a full season of goodbyes and look at me and all that. I think that he if, if he's coaching in the middle of the season – Thing in 2027 or something like that, and he just goes, I'm just not feeling it anymore. I'm not giving my best out there. I, I, you know, my health's not really doing well. I think he'd just walk away. And he's made it pretty clear to those around him that the only way he steps away is really if his health holds him back from being able to run 100 miles an hour every day like he does with this schedule. 
So, and he has shown no signs of slowing down with that right now. Of course, that can change. I mean, he's 70 years old, and um, you know, things start going downhill when you get that get that old. It's just nature. But you know, I, I think that he fully intends on seeing things through to the end of his contract, which what was it like an eight-year contract he signed recently? So. I, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if he's still the coach or, you know, in six, seven, eight years. I mean, he might be the coach until this uh, next round, as I said, that I'm looking at in the 2030th, potential more realignment on the horizon. What do you think about his comments as far as Alabama and them being in a rebuilding season last season? I mean, it wasn't too crazy for him to say that, especially when you look at the context of it and how he explained himself with, you know, we had a bunch of young players come in last year. We had to replace a lot of starters. So, yeah, any team, it's a rebuild. A rebuild. But the issue is is that, uh, you know, people laugh at that because Alabama is so good every year, and that's because the standard there is so different. And, yeah, you know what? Alabama, we bring in five-star players, so we're immediately eligible, el- el- able to be – a college football playoff type team, even when we're young. So, I mean, I think to a lot of people, it's just kind of like, oh, he, they, they, their their definition of rebuild means, you know, like a losing season or a 500 season. Where in Alabama, it's, oh, no, we're just reloading with, a, rebuilding with a bunch of new players. And, uh, you know, we fell one game short of winning a national title. And, uh, that, that should scare everybody this season. I've said it for the last few months, but this might end up being the best team Saban's had there at Alabama this season. That's, that's scary to think. Yeah, good. They could really use a break over there at Alabama. Uh, finally, <laughs> finally getting a good team over there. Uh, but, uh, Brandon, I know that with uh, this time of year, too, you start seeing preseason polls and everything come out, and the coaches' poll came out. Of course, some Razorback fans were upset because they felt like they were too low. There was, I mean, that's just how it goes with these polls. You're either too high, too low, whatever. And you have somebody voting for Texas at number one overall. Like, what did you make of the coaches' poll, and how much stock do you actually put into that poll? Because some of the things just didn't seem to add up. Yeah, number one, I think we should abolish all preseason polls. I've said that for the last few years. It just, especially because since the transfer portal came around, it's so much more difficult to project teams in the preseason now because the rosters turn over so quickly with the portal now. Also, I mean, if we were to get rid of those pre- these preseason polls, you mean to tell me that the, the in-season poll by week two or even week one wouldn't look a lot different than the preseason poll? Because now we get this preseason poll in there, and it builds up this recency bias. So, you know, you have the number five team in your poll, and they end up losing, say, maybe their first game of the season or first, they're, you know, two and one to start the year, and they're only at, like, number eight. Whereas if they, they start off completely, you know, with a fresh piece of paper every week, they might barely be in a top 25 or a top 20 team. And, that, as we go down the line, you go into October, November, that does affect the playoff committee. I don't care what they say when they do their rankings. Those rankings, they're being influenced by what they've seen all year in the AP poll and the coaches poll. I don't care what anybody says. And then also, if you look at that poll and the wide range of teams, there are a lot of teams in there that are probably in the top 15 that didn't even get votes from a lot of those 66 voters, those coaches. And, you know, 
a good point, as you just mentioned, Texas getting a first-place vote. Some coaches, I'm sure, did not even include Texas on their top 25 ballot, <laughs> and yet one put them at number one. Uh, the portal has changed things. It is very hard to project teams going in, and that's why anybody who releases a top 25 these days, I don't really scrutinize it anymore in the preseason. I, I just kind of either ignore it or I go, well, maybe they got a point about, you know, so for example, you know, maybe maybe Houston actually being a top 15 team or a top 10 team this year or something, because you just don't know with this portal. And by the way, I, I think I've narrowed it down to three coaches who put Texas at number one. Oh. I think it was either Nick Saban at Alabama, uh, Stan Drayton, the coach at Temple, who just left Texas as a running backs coach, or I think it's Jeff Trailer, the head coach at UTSA. UTSA plays Texas early in the season. Alabama, of course, plays at Texas in week two. I think that maybe Saban, knowing that his vote wouldn't get out there and no one would know what his vote was because it was a confidential ballot, he put that out there so he has some uh, rat poison to, quote-unquote, <laughs> feed the Texas program and also uh, give that disrespect card to his Alabama players going into week two in an early season game where it could be a little dangerous. I know it sounds crazy, but a little dangerous going to Austin because Alabama plays these big early season games every year, but they're always neutral site games. They don't go on the road to big time environments early in the season and non conference. And this is a little bit different going into this season for the Tide. When do you think the ideal time would be to release the first poll? Would it be after two or three games, four games? I say you wait till you know twenty five percent of the season. So yeah, three games. I think going into week four. You have your first AP poll and first coaches poll. Uh, that'll never happen because there's money to be made by having those polls. Plus, the TV partners want to be able to put numbers next to those team names on their broadcast and, and promote everything. So it'll never happen, but uh, it should because it, it does directly affect how that playoff committee comes together and puts their votes together. It, on a subconscious level, somehow, some way, it does. There's, there's no denying it. Yeah, I think the funniest thing is uh, the poll that matters the most to fans is always the one that their team is ranked higher in. So I think that's just the, the age. Yeah, that's the way it goes, no doubt about it. But, hey, it's fun to talk about college football because obviously we got preseason rankings and all that stuff, but fall camps here as well in less than a month away, just a few Saturdays, and we got some college football. But, Brandon, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. Enjoy some fall camp, man, and I know we'll be catching up with you this football season. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya.